You are, you are now tuning in to Reform Raza. Our aim is to glorify God through the edification of the saints. Expect practical theology and a draw to be biblical. So if you ask us who we do this for... Reform Raza. My name is Martin Velasquez alongside with my brothers. This is Justin, the one and only Corona. And? And what up, everybody? This is Brother Vic. And we are now up in the mix. Don't forget to hit us up at reformraza.com, reformraza at gmail.com. With any questions, comments, concerns, or rebukes, find us on Instagram, find us on Facebook. Find us on any podcast streaming platform. Uh, if you would be so kind and to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, if that is where you're listening. If you, if you got an iPhone, which if you're reformed, you should have an iPhone. You know, dispensationalists have Androids, you know what I mean? So, Dang. Just it out there. shots already. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> if, you're, if, you, if you're reformed, you got an iPhone. So, you hit that five-star uh, button on Apple Podcasts. And Reformed Raza is now part of the Society of Reformed Podcasters. You can find um, our podcast and plenty other Reformed podcasts on reformpodcasts with an S.com. Reformpodcasts.com. You can find us there. We are also a part of the Redeemed Project Radio. So you could go ahead and check us out there, redeemprojectradio.com. And then you can click the media player there. It's a 24-7 um, hip-hop, reformed hip-hop, CHH music playing there while in the morning and the evenings. We have various podcasts with our fellow brothers for Christ E. Cultura, Saints Edified, uh, Reformed Scratches, and other podcasts you could find there as well. And also, I got to say, don't just give us five stars, but hit that subscribe, hit that like, hit that share. And uh, yeah, do that. If you end up with cracked phones, we are not liable for that, for hitting it. Or we're not liable for the <laughs> smoke, the smoke that may be coming from the fire of the Redeem Project Radio that we got all the music. And on Sunday, we got Dang. sermons from Urban Reform pastors um, every Sunday. Uh, we got uh, sermons from these pastors who are not in the limelight. They're not out there, out in the big, but they're doing it big in the hoods and bringing reformed theology to a hood near you. So we're not liable for the smoke that comes from that preaching or the music that's being played on Redeem Project Radio. So go ahead and hit that up. Redeemprojectradio.com 24 7, free online streaming. And if you would be so kind, and if the Lord puts it in your heart to donate to Redeem Project Radio, there's a donate tab on the on the description where you can just donate to Redeem Project Radio because it's free to listen to, but it's not free to bring to you. So uh, on the other side, uh, we do have to pay for the streaming. Us, we do, but you, the listeners, free. So if you if you would be so kind and donate to that, that would be dope too. So. Lastly, we don't have a Patreon. We don't have anywhere that you could send us money. But 
if you have a Postmates, if you have a Grubhub, <laughs> we could send you our address and you could send us some tacos. There you go. There you That's go. That's how you could. Hey. hey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just not from Taco Bell. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> dude. dude, it's a shame, dude. Like, Taco Bell was voted the number one Mexican food in California. No, I think in America. In America? Yeah, North America. Yeah, that's what happens when you don't vote, bro. Go out and vote for your local <laughs> for your, for your taqueria. Local taqueria, it's, man. It's rigged. It's rigged, <laughs> man. That's, that's not fair. That is not fair. Um, but yeah, man. So before we get into our topic, man, I, I want to I talk about something that's very important and very exciting to see this past Sunday. Um, first of all, I want to say congratulations to our pastor, who is now Reverend Chris Marquez. He was ordained um, as a reverend um, from from pastor to reverend this past Sunday. We got to witness uh, just just how wonderful and how important this ordination was uh, because within reform circles and within reform churches in reform theology, uh, the majority has always been it has been a, a, a white culture. You know, um, nothing wrong with, you know, white people or nothing like that. I love my white brothers and sisters. Uh, but something very personal for me that I, you know, was questioning, you know, a few years ago when I was getting into Reformed Theology that it, it was majority white. And I was like, man, I would, I would love to see some fellow Latinos or Chicanos, you know, bringing Reformed Theology. And by the grace of God, uh, we are not, we have been part of a church that is exactly that. Our now reverends, um, both Latinos, both Chicanos, Reverend Rudy Rubio, who was, you know, an ex-gang member, uh, done prison time, tatted up, you know, all this, all these things straight from Huntington Park, straight from the hood in LA, um, and Reverend Chris Marquez from Wilmington, from the Harbor area in LA, both Chicanos, uh, bringing sound reform theology, reform theology to the hood. And this is very important because in the hood has been neglected by uh, reformed churches, reformed denominations. You know, they love to send money and to ordain and do work in third world countries, in Latino America or in India, and they love to plant churches out there. But they have ignored the hoods. They have ignored the people down the street in the inner cities, um, and you know wherever it's at like we have been ignored by uh reformed churches so to see uh, my fellow brothers being ordained and being raised up in reformed denominations is something very big because that means that these um ministers now have a voice within the denomination and they have a seat at the table they get to vote on issues and they get to bring issues to to light and to and to and to raise up voices within the denomination and our and the best thing is that they they're they're planting churches in the hood now. There's reformed churches that are being planted in the hood, and through this these ordinations, this is where it starts. You know, because in the hood you see majority apostolic and Pentecostal churches with bunk theology, with prosperity gospel. You know how uh, Reverend Rudy always loves to say uh, these prosperity uh, pushing pimps that love to take advantage of of low income areas giving them false hope um it's a sad thing to see so to see that there's actually chicanos being ordained being mexican and reformed 
and to be sent and commissioned to plant churches in the hood is something very, very wonderful to see. It was truly glorious to see uh, Reverend Chris being ordained. That was, I mean, that was dope. Yeah, even uh, Reverend Rudy got got a little bit. He he even announced like, "Forgive me if I get a little, if you see a tear dropping," because yeah. I guess a lot of people don't really know the the process that it takes to be a reverend, the process that it takes to to first off become a pastor, become a church planning out to be a reverend. I mean, because uh, I mean, I can, I can only relate to to you know my background. I used to be a pastor, but I mean, in non-denominational churches, it's kind of like oh. Are you called? Okay, let's ordain you. Let, let, let's let's do the process. But in the reform circle, it's like, no, you know, when someone's getting ordained as a reverend, you know, the time and effort that they put in there so that people can acknowledge that this man is a man of God. He's equipped. He is theologically uh, sound. Sound. He, he has took the time to study the word of God. I mean, even the reverend was that was uh, that was uh, presenting. Even he's like, oh, Pastor Chris, he's theologically, like his studies are on point. Yeah. And even when you hear Pastor, or not Pastor Chris, Reverend Chris now. I was going to get used to that. <laughs> yeah, used to that. Reverend Chris, when you, when you hear his sermons, you're like, dang, he put some time in it. Yeah. Both Reverend Rudy and Reverend Chris, you can tell like, man, they, they put their... You, they put their effort in it, so yeah. just just to see how, how it all went down. For me, that was the first time uh, actually witnessing an ordination. And man, it was it was like you said, it was a glorious moment. It was it was it yeah. was cool. It's like seeing your family members graduate. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, we're happy for everybody else that's that's being grad that's graduating, but you 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 cheer especially loud and you clap especially loud for those that are your family. Yeah. Um and then even too as we talk about, you know, Reform Rasa, right? Our podcast. Just, you know, supporting, you know, not not just the, the Rasa, the church but even more just those with that are latinos as well as we see we are encouraged as fellow latinos that one day we too will be up there being ordained as pastors and reverend uh, yeah after many years of hard work of study and all that yeah and i gotta say this just just to so you know honor uh reverend rudy reverend chris like they don't just talk about it they're about it yeah like you, you 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 know that that it's not just uh, behind the pulpit thing. Like they're actually living living the sound. Just this training that we're, we've been going through. Like, man, they're pouring in. Yeah, they're pouring into it. So shout out to Reverend Chris. Shout out to Reverend Rudy. Go follow them on Instagram. Hit, hit it, hit it. Go follow them on Instagram. So Lideo Gloria uh, posted posted stories like, hey, if you want to know about covenant theology you want to know about about theology like go hit up these guys and reverend and and uh and reverend chris were tagging on it so go follow at chicano yeah. calvinist dang i got a little hurt my name wasn't there <laughs> hey Soli del glory you're listening to this right now ray sean i guess ray sean to do <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was it, yeah it was just dope to see that man yeah. and like man shout out to them and you know rev rudy soon was gonna be doctor Reverend Rudy, watch out! So, like that's that's even dope because yep. knocking down the doors so that other you know Latinos can walk in, and he's doing his studies and he's getting his doctorate, and it's gonna be dope because even even when he was speaking, he was translating it into Spanish, so that was super dope to see, like like for him to be um, doing his preaching and his translating in Spanish, dude. Like that's just dope to know that he's preaching. Reformed theology, and then translating in Spanish, so 
other can understand, you know. So and he wasn't stuttering; he was on point with the Spanish. Yeah. I was like, dang. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so shout out to our reverends. You know, they're doing it big. So, you know, I'm excited to see what God is doing, um, just all around, just just in, in in the church. You know what I mean? So that's dope. That's dope to see. Um, so today, 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 let's get on to our topic today. Um, this is a topic that I'm very passionate about myself um, because recently I heard a sermon and the emphasis was personal obedience, but it was Christless. It was a Christless preaching on obedience and to, you know, of course we have to obey the Lord. We have to, you know, do what the Bible says, but if Christ is not up in the mix, then it is legalism because you're doing, you're focusing on your own efforts to justify yourself or to be in right standing with Christ. Um, so I think, you know, this episode, legalism is a, is a hell of a drug. You know what I mean? Like it really is because legalism is actually damnable and the, the legalist person will end up in hell. Because they're going by their own strength and their own personal piety to get them into heaven. It's the very thing that Jesus came to call out. Yeah. Especially amongst the Pharisees. So what is legalism? Let's start off right there by defining our terms. Like, what do we mean by we say legalism? Uh, well, I think a good definition um, that we that I've seen on uh, Christianity.org or .com. It goes on to talk about legalism exists when people attempt to secure righteousness in God's sight by good works. Legalists believe that they can earn or merit God's approval by performing the requirements of the law. Uh, Thomas R. Schreiner said, A legalist believes that their good works and obedience to God affects their salvation. Legalism focuses on God's laws more than relationship with God. It keeps external laws without a truly submitted heart. And legalism adds human rules to divine laws and treats them as divine. And the most dangerous thing about this is that no one who professes or claims to be a Christian will say that they're legalists. Like nobody's gonna say that. No one's gonna be like, yeah, I'm, I'm legalist. That's, that's not a thing that people say. That's why it's so dangerous and so subtle when it creeps in because you don't recognize that you're being a legalist. That's the dangerous part. I think even with the title too, um, how it's worded, you know, legalism is hell of a drug. Uh, I, I think it's it's fitting because it's not um, expressed vividly, right? It's not like okay, we're legalists or anything like mm. that. But it's almost like a reward. You, you're rewarded. Okay, so 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 think about it in this way. It's it's almost like a uh, instant gratification type mm. of thing. Yeah. So you obey, and you're you feel good about yourself. You feel good mm. not only just about yourself because you know you did good, but because when people compliment what you did mm. as good and saying that man, this guy's a Christian because he does it. When people say these things, mm, he's yeah. a Christian because he does this and this and yeah. this. Um, and, and I'll you know speak from experience. It, it makes me feel good, right? Um, hearing what people say about me that you know I'm a good person because I go to church or I do the yeah. X, Y, and Z 
It makes me feel good. It makes me want to continue mm-hmm. to shine my uh, my good deeds, yeah. my good works, uh, where I don't even have to express Christ more. So I could just express my good works so that people could see that I'm good. Yeah. And then you start feeding off of those compliments. Yeah. Like, oh, I, I want to do this so they can see that I'm doing this. It starts to, like like uh, you you want to feel accomplished in a way. Yeah. And you want people to recognize like, man, this guy, this guy is holy. This yeah. guy is perfect. This guy, nobody can touch him kind of feeling. I mean, legalism is one hell of a drug. It is. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what the Pharisees were on. Like we, we people like to throw that word out, Pharisee. You're, you're being a Pharisee, Pharisee. But the, what the Pharisees were, they were legalists. So they focused more on outward, uh, how, how would I say, like outward, like appearance, external, external appearance, external works, everything you know? external, everything. So it's it's so um, uh, what's the word? It was right off the tip of my tongue. Um, but it's it's so outwardly, it's so uh. Um, just like focus on outward self when Jesus came to focus on on the heart. He came to bring issues to the heart. He came to to, to tug at people's hearts so they could see that hey, without me you can do nothing. And I'm the savior of the world. Have faith in me and be saved. So I guess the the covenantal terms would be it's more focused on superficial. That's the word I came. Uh, to. My brain it? works works a little <laughs> slow sometimes. Superficial legalism is so superficial. That's what I meant to say. Focus on the external yeah. circumcision rather than the internal circumcision of the heart. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so how how does legalism affect one's one's Christian walk? You know how how does being so externally focused and not internally focused how does it affect the walk of a Christian? Um, first of all, I would say that when Personal obedience is more emphasized um, rather than Christ. Um, that's going to affect your walk because as long as you're doing what is required of you by the church or the pastor, and we see this more in non-denominational circles, right? Or like Pentecostal ch- churches where, you know, there's a requirement, uh, a dress code, especially in like Hispanic um churches like spanish-speaking churches like las hermanas they got the the their faldas their skirts all the way you know to their feet you know and they got the velo they cover their hair which is like a see-through kind of thing because they try to they try to cover the, their hair or whatever but y'all ain't even doing it right <laughs> ain't even doing it right you know what i mean and so they they try to they focus so much on outward modesty which is good you know it, it's it's good to to be modest and to have that that kind of standard um, but if another sister comes in with like pants, they're gonna be like, okay, this is the the she she's not at our level of sanctification. She's not you know up here or up you know the the brothers they wear suits you know they wear nice clothes. So I come in with my with my dickies and you know a plain shirt and it's like okay this, this guy's off off the street you know it, it changes the way that that you see people. And 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 you look you're so, so focused on outward appearance that you're not focusing on the inward heart. Yeah, Reverend Reverend Chris and uh, our, our brother from church, uh, Ozzy, we, we just had a conversation about this earlier, about how how um, people want want to 
maintain their salvation or think that they're saved by the works that they're doing. Yeah. Like, like I brought the example that church is is a a Christian should go to church. Let me just start by saying that. But it shouldn't it shouldn't be uh, so legalistic. Like if you're, I mean, if you're if a, a member is tardy or something, it's like, oh, he's not saved. He's he's doing something wrong. He's a sinner. He's he did something wrong. Why is he coming in late? Or kind of like like if uh, you know emergency happens you're not at church and it's like i, I say this because I, I've, I've gone through this like if you, if you don't go to church it's like oh there's something wrong with him he's in sin he's doing something wrong and uh let, let's pray for this brother let's let's talk to him let's sit him down and uh he probably needs to be off of ministry for a while because he came in a little bit late or oh you didn't show up this one time so oh, you're in sin and so now we start focusing on like, oh me look at me i went to church i came over here and then it's like looking down at people. Where were you? Yeah. It, it's it's kind of like maintaining that that salvation, trying to maintain salvation on your own and trying to obtain something that only Christ could do. Yeah, and then, then it becomes like like uh like school when they take the 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 um I forgot, I've been on school. Attendance sheet. Attendance sheet. Yeah, the attendance. Bruh. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm off, dude. Uh, but then, you know, then three tardies and you got to go to the principal's office or something like that. You know, like they, they, they count your tardies at your late to church and and that becomes the focus instead of like saying, like, oh, you know, brother, like, how are you doing? How's, you know, your walk going? You know, more it's like, hey, if you're not on time in church, then you need to get set down from leadership or something like that which you know which is damaging and that's how church hurt happens yeah by the way uh the second part of the church hurt <laughs> should probably should have mentioned this in the beginning <laughs> but the second part of the church hurt episode is going to be on for christy cultura's podcast this on week. their pro- platform this week uh, and so is that second part's not going to be on reform raza it's going to be on for christy cultura so you can have to go over there to there podcast to listen to the second part which is i mean which i'm excited for that part because it's it's, it's bringing it home you know it's talking about the gospel but so legalism legalism produces church hurt just a side it note. does it, it, it does it's, it's a yeah it's yeah. it's one of ways that but even but yeah even just going back to the question how does legalism affect our christian walk it it causes the believer to focus on habits than the heart rather than the heart uh because then we're, our mind is now focused on uh, what we do and, and you know, all that, that is external rather than uh, focusing on the condition of our heart and focusing on what we actually do believe as a believer. You know, we say we're believers, but what do we actually believe? So instead of focusing on these things, these things that are core to our faith foundationally, right? Um, it's more focused on our habits and what we do. Um, and that's the emphasis in, in this type of, you know, legalist, elite, in, in, in legalism, right? Um, and, and that's damaging because, I mean, just from the first foremost is um, now our focus is not on Christ, but it, it's not so much on the gospel, but the gospel call, if that makes sense. So our focus is on let's get people to to walk out this gospel you know not not necessarily um focusing on well do these people even know the gospel it's it's having people skip a step because ultimately our external behavior 
everything that is external of the person is the fruit of what God has already done a work on within the inside of the person, within the person's heart. Um, we talked about this in season one on the episode was the fruit. Uh, I forgot which episode, but but yeah, so everything that is external of the believer is the fruit of the work that God has started within the person's heart. So with this mindset, or, or I'm sorry, how this affects our walk is it, it causes us to shift focused, shift focus off of Christ and onto our habits. But from instead of focusing on Christ, you're focusing on good works, and good works become the emphasis of a person's sanctification or maturity. Yeah, this is where we get this idea where as long as you're good, you'll get into heaven. Mm. Or, or even just now, now the center of conversation in fellowship is what are you doing for God, rather than what is the state of your heart, or, or rather than correcting, you know. Crucial hey, doctrine. Dude. Yeah, so it's, a, it's what are you doing for God instead of what is God doing in you? So it's kind of like, because you mentioned evangelism right now. And uh, sometimes when people, I've witnessed this, that when people go evangelizing, instead of spreading the gospel, they're saying, you have to serve Christ. Yeah. That's the right? way to your salvation. Yeah. God calls you to serve him instead of, no, God's calling you towards repentance. God's calling you to have faith, faith to yeah. have trust and repent. Instead, it's like, you have to serve God. Yeah, yeah. I'm, we're evangelizing. Like you have to go to church. Yeah, it's like whoa, wait. People aren't even their hearts. The hearts not even being exposed. The gospel's not being preached. Yeah, and that's what's dude. damaging not only to to those who are walking in the faith, but to those who to the unbelievers. It's causing them to look at God in a legalistic way, dude. And I've dude. seen this before. I've seen it before. Um, where instead of you know helping people to understand the gospel, they just say. When are you going to serve God? You know, like you, you've been running from God. When are you going to serve him? And it's like, what do you mean? Like call him to faith, you know, call him to trust in Christ. Explain the gospel instead of saying you've been running from God. It's time for you to serve him. It's like now. And that's how subtle it is because it sounds good. And yes, we, we are to serve the Lord. But that when that becomes a sole emphasis of you doing the work you're not you're not saying what christ the work of christ that he has done for you already and, and then what happens uh they start going to church they start serving god and it, it lasts for a little bit yeah. but then slowly they recognize like dude this is so tiring yeah dude this, this is tiring and, to then, me, and like. then that person lost their salvation when they leave the church because they were serving god but then you know the the world came and, and and took them out right like nah they, they were never converted to begin with the seed was never planted the seed was never planted it's like and and, and so that's how so subtle and that's why like this this whole topic it just gets me so like it pisses me off dude when when people are so focused on obedience and obedience only that they leave out christ and like you like we're christians like the emphasis should be Christ and everything. And that's what I love about Reformed theology because Christ is so exalted and it's so glorified and man is so put down that we recognize like, man, without Christ, it's true what Jesus said, like, you can do nothing without me. Like, and that's for real. Why? Because uh, we're, we're sinful and praise God that when, when regeneration happens, we are, when we are converted, when Christ changes our heart, that we are able to some extent to be obedient to christ but the, the sole focus is not about my obedience to him 
is about the the work of Christ that has been done on my behalf. So yes, the Bible does call us to to obey the word of God and 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 to and to have good works. But these good works come out of a repentant heart, out of a heart that has been so transformed by Christ that these good works are inevitable and inevitable. How do you say it? Like inevitable. In- inevitable. Inevitable. You can't stop it. You know? You're gonna uh, real it's like cr- it's like Thanos. <laughs> I am inevitable. Yeah. That's what I was thinking so, right now. <laughs> so good works are gonna come automatically because our heart has been changed. We're gonna have good works. That's what Ephesians 2 says, you know what I mean? Like we're his uh, workmanship. Even Ezekiel mm-hmm. goes on to say that we will you know, when Christ, I will make them exactly my when, when our heart has been replaced, yeah. we will walk out these things. Yeah. We will, we will be, um, be careful to obey His law. Yeah, dude, man. And but, yeah, no, yeah, I was gonna say. Um, so, so I mean, we're gonna emphasize this more later in this episode. But the the gospel is the life, death. Um, Burial, burial, burial resurrection, resurrection, and ascension, ascension of Jesus Christ. But the gospel call is to believe, repent, right? And 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 this is where this is how it affects our Christian walk because it's now um, you're in this mode of okay, you skip the gospel and said the gospel you hear is Jesus loves you, or that Jesus died for your sins, which is part, but not the full gospel. It doesn't lead. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't give you the full depth of the gospel. Instead, it's Jesus died for your sins. Now, now serve him. Now serve him. You believe that? Okay, good. Now serve him. Um, and then even too, it, this affects because some, now you're bringing dead people into into the church and having them serve and and do these things, bringing other dead people Damn. in. Um, and and you know, yes, we believe that God is sovereign. And that he does do even in, in these you know churches with mindsets like this or, or just in general right we know that god does the work nonetheless he's the one that brings the growth um but but in this um there is no gospel but instead just the gospel call the gospel call is needed after the gospel but when the focus is on the gospel call which is to repent and believe this right and then afterwards go out and make disciples um then we just end up in a uh, right. It's it's the ah uh, man on my tongue, but yeah, it basically just goes back to that. It's just the dead picking up other dead, you know, tying them to strings, and they become puppets hey. in that sense. Instead of having um, the dead coming and raised to life, that's on the real dude. In Philippians chapter two, verses twelve and thirteen says, "Therefore, my beloved, just as." You have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Now, this verse 12 is 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 quoted. I've heard it quoted so many times in these non-denominational circles where this says, yeah, uh, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Like, like that's like the emphasis, like work out your own salvation. You, you got to do this and you got to do that. And they use that scripture as 
as kind of backing up their their legalist mindset that they have no idea that they're doing. Well, not even just the nom- denominational. It's even within Pentecostal. It's even within the yeah, evangelical. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. What what these? But just kind of the typical yeah. church, yeah. And they say, yeah, work out your own salvation. Christ wants you to to be obedient, and yes, that's true. Christ does want us to be obedient to His word, but they forget about verse thirteen. They only say verse thirteen, which says, "For it is God." Who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. And that just backs up what you were saying just in Ezekiel 36 that I will change your heart and I will make them walk in my statutes. Like even Paul says it, like not Christ. I mean not Christ, not I, but Christ who Christ in me, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So even when when you know people are complimenting you and saying, Oh, you know, but I seen you you're you know, you're serving and doing this, what's the, the response of the Christian? Not I, but Christ in me. Like, all oh, glory to God. We, we even take the emphasis off ourselves and give glory to God because we know that it is He who is working in us, both to will and to work. Like, He puts the will in us to do these things. Like, it's all 100% of, of, of God doing this in our lives. And yes, we have to be obedient, but they don't... They don't, they don't emphasize what to be obedient to. Like I see, I seen this preaching, dude. Like it was like you have to obey the voice of God, and that's how the whole sermon was. Like you being obedient to the voice of God and and quoting scriptures, you know, and things like that. It's like saying, okay, so what's the voice of God? Like now you have to train yourself to listen, to be still, and 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 let Him speak. It's like, dude, we have God's word. We know what is required of us if we just read read your word. And you're going to know what Christ requires of us. So obedience, as far as personal holiness and personal um, sanctification, that's, 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 that's what we need because Christ is the one who's purifying us. He's pruning us. So the more we focus on Christ, the more we are sanctified in him, the more these things are going to fall off. No, yeah. And I believe that there's a, there's true believers out there who are stuck in the, in the legalism uh, system, not because uh, it's it's on them, but it's kind of like that's what all, all that they're being taught by the pastor. That's all that yeah. they're being taught around them. And then I, I believe that there's true Christians out there who are trying to read the word of God, but there's no guidance. There's a lack of guidance. There's a lack of discipleship going on. And then they start questioning themselves. Well, I'm doing what I'm supposed to, but I fell short today. Does God hate me? Yeah, and then they're stuck in that mindset. And they're stuck of, in that mindset of guilt. Of guilt, yeah, because oh, they're not being taught the word of God, right? So all they're left is kind of like they're left to in, in their little corner. I see everybody around being obedient, but why am I in this corner thinking that God hates me? Dang, bro. Most times in these circles, you just hear the preacher say, "Do it." <laughs> like, do what? Do it. <laughs> do what? Do it. <laughs> Hey, that's real. That's, that's real. real. And that, no, that's, that's a real, good yeah. example that you say because people think people think they're by themselves, right? They're in their own corner, but they don't recognize that more than likely the other person's feeling the same way. Like they're yeah, everyone's in their dude. own corner, scared. So, so yeah, the, this legal legalism is basically that basis for the fearful professing Christian. Yeah, the fearful possess in in this, in this sense of. I may lose my salvation because yeah. my works aren't up to par as they should be. And you know what? And you know what, dude? This and this is 
and it causes people not to not to baptize babies. That and <laughs> but it, it, that that fear causes people to not want to admit the struggles with one another. Mm-hmm. So the church isn't actually the church because what is the church for? Is to build each other up, to edify each other, to bring our struggles to the table, and to admit our sins. You know, to confess our sins to one another and be like, "Hey, I am struggling right now. So, I need mm-hmm. the church." So this legalism mindset. It's just so focused on outward appearance that people can't come with the inward mess. They can't come with their struggles and talk to another sister be like, Oh, hermano, or oh, hermano, you shouldn't be feeling like that. You're a Christian. You're a child of God. You need to be walking in victory. It's like, you say it's these like, vague... I know that. Yeah, but how do I do that? Yeah. Like, that's the whole thing. Like, people don't... And, and especially in mega churches, like, they don't recognize that the legalism behind all these mega, mega church... Uh, good, good, good. Uh, feel good messages. It's all legalism because it's focusing on the person to do things without Christ. So when people struggle with sin, they think that they're not supposed to be struggling with sin. Like, well, I'm a Christian. I'm not supposed to be struggling with 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 these things. When it's opposite, like because you're a Christian, you're recognizing. That there's a battle and there's a war between you, your, your the spirit person, and, and the flesh. Like, yeah, that's a good struggle to have because in the world you're you're giving in fully to sin. You don't care. You're you're doing whatever it is and you have no conviction. Now Christ has come in you and now you feel the conviction and now you know uh, that you shouldn't be doing these things. But now it's like, how how is the church supposed to help you? That's what the church is for to. To, to guide you and to build you up in these areas of struggle instead you're off to your corner like I can't talk about these things because I'm going to look that be, be looked down upon I, I think that adds to another issue um, that we may bring up later in the season about church body mm-hmm. right and the need for the church body in the building up and accountability what is the role things? of the church yeah. in, in the believer yeah. that's very important dude yeah so in this like you're you're trying to maintain an appearance, trying to maintain perfection. Cause I mean, even you hear it all the time, but oh, uh, you know, the Bible says confess your sins to one another and, uh, you know, pray for each other, but not me. I'm the perfect one, you yeah. know, like I'm supposed to be this perfect person. I'm not supposed to, I talk about this from experience too. I'm not, I'm not throwing shade at anybody. If anything, I'm throwing shade at myself. Cause I, I've been in, the, I've been stuck in that. Like I have to maintain this appearance. I have to not, uh, let people know that I'm struggling through this because I'm supposed to be example. But no, the word of God says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. So if you're not even following the example of Christ, if you're not even following Christ, if you don't have Christ in you, I mean, you can't be be that example or anything. But you got to understand that humans, we're humans. We fall short on the glory of God daily. Pastors fall short. Uh, uh, your brother next to you falls short. We all fall short of the glory of God. But um man when you're stuck in that in that whole lifestyle you start you know one you start thinking i can't go through to, to my brother or i can't go to my sister i can't confess my sins and one and another thing is like because i feel like god's hate god hates me i can't go to god exactly so you're it's left like, by yourself really. so you're left by yourself because one mind says i can't tell my brother next to me and i can't go to god now i have to maintain this yeah man that leads into the next question but before we get there i it yeah so to finish the, i guess this question right how does it affect our christian walk is ultimately it leads the christian to a false image of a christian it leads them to 
I guess the the Instagram Christian, where, yeah. where people Bro, only see Christian. people right only see the highlights or the good things about about the reels, it. yeah, reels. So then the, the next question is, where does the legalist mindset lead a Christian in the relationship? So the, the first part of this is, where does it lead a Christian in the relationship with God? It causes you to run from God instead of running to bro, God. Think of Adam and Eve. Yeah. Bro. Like they had to maintain this piety in order to be right with God instead of Lord, you know. Coming to It's like It's like Instead of Like it, It's a cliche statement You know Like Like the, the I forget how it's worded But instead of Running There's two mindsets Oh I messed up I need to I need to hide From my father Or I messed up I need to run to my father You know It's a difference between Knowing Like we, we We've heard You know The homie Larry Casa say You know Uh Having the the uh, the walking Slit. as sun the sunship walking as sons or slaves or slaves you know mm-hmm. yeah so it changes that that idea of we we say God is our Father but we don't in we don't internalize that mm-hmm. uh, we don't truly believe that because we're really living out our Christian walk in fear uh, because at any moment that I may confess my sin or anything like that. Um, I I may be forsaken by God. Um, I may, you know, and and, and so it, yeah, so it produces a fearful Christian because if I'm not obtaining these works, I need to hurry up and ask um, not only for forgiveness, but I need to hurry up and do something about my walk so that I could continue to present this. Otherwise, I may, you know, not be a believer at all, bro. It's that's exactly what the word of God says. Run to the throne of grace with confidence, and so lack of uh, a lack of theology, a lack of preaching the word of God. I mean, you're not going to run to God because you don't know God. You don't know who Christ is because Christ isn't being emphasized in the churches, and so you're left to yourself. And what does yourself want to do? Wants to run away from God. Wants to run away from from everybody. And this is damaging. This is why people end up not. I mean, if you ever go to church and you and you and you know that person that hasn't been in church in a while, it's because he's running away from something, and it feels like he can't come to God. I can't even step into the church because I feel I'm not just, right. I'm not God. right with yeah. God in the first place. And so they want to take the little trip to to the world and and you know do their little thing, but it's like, man, they don't that mindset. God hates me so i might as well indulge in this sin yeah crazy so so in the scriptures we see jesus actually speak to both sides of that mindset between relationship with god right so one he opposes he opposes that um in the sense of those who um are doing these things for piety for self-righteousness right and we see that in the examples when he calls out the pharisees uh, and 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 how they hold their their own law over God's law, um, and then on the other hand, right? So on one hand, he's opposing those who are who um, uphold this piety, um, this this mindset of my good works 
represents my righteousness Dang. to God. Um, but on the other hand, Jesus in Matthew 11, I believe 28, goes on to say, you know what? Those who are heavy laden, those who are burdened, come to me. So those, so so on one, so right. So going back to it. So on one hand, it's those who are using this as a means, you know, as an image of their salvation. He opposes it. But on the other hand, those who are struggling in good works, those who are struggling with these, you know, burdens, right? Because this is what Christ was talking about. Those who are burdened by the law, those who are, you know, weighed or weighed down by these things, who feel like they can't obtain them because they're struggling. Just come to me. Those I who, will you know, give you rest. And he will give us rest. He gives us rest knowing that we're not perfect. And he knows that. And he knows that even after Damn. we have been regenerated, that we will not be perfect even then. But yeah, he says, come to me. And more than that, he says his yoke is light. You know, the yoke even just between two ox. But more than that, the yoke of a teacher. That he, he is his discipline he will disciple us you know we know that that the holy spirit will sanctify us through our christian walk all we have to do is just come to him as we are burdened and the scripture says that he is faithful to forgive those who ask and that he will give us our strength needed in these times temptation comes to all people but he will give us the strength he is our strength you know paul says in philippians right it is only because of Christ that he was able to go through, you know, all the extremes that Paul went through as the example. But for the believer, right, it affects our walk in that, is that it causes the believer to be fearful and, you know, I may lose my salvation or it may cause them to have false assurance in their walk, believing that they are saved when in fact they just have good works. And we know that in the world, people do have good works. Even yes, those who good work. Exactly. And, and, and I guess that's the downside too Because then you go to a Joel Osteen church And you know you could be Muslim You could be Buddhist yeah. But as long as you're good works You're good <laughs> Yeah um, But yeah the real. <sighs> Yeah And so how does it affect our walk with uh, Or the next one is uh, The legalist mindset in relationship to our neighbor How does that cause us to see um, Each other I'll, I'll, I'll say that it causes us to look down on one another because they're not doing what you're doing, right? They're, you're involved in so many ministries and this person is only, you know, not involved. They're serving, you know? This person is barely able to read a book every day. Yeah. <laughs> every day? I mean, read oh. the Bible every day, you know? Oh, yeah, a yeah, Continual yeah. daily reading. Yeah, yeah. So, so... Instead of looking to build up another one another, you're you're instead you're 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 looking down on them and you leave them hanging dry. Yeah, and the word uh, I think in Proverbs says it that those are called haughty eyes, mm-hmm. which is one of the things that that God hates. I mean, the legalist is doing something that God hates, not realizing, but you're you're looking down. Those are haughty eyes, like. Like with a proud look, with a prideful look, or I'm like I'm looking down at you, and I'm up here, get to my level. Like, how many ministries are you involved in? How much work ha- have you put in? And I mean, the legalist is just damaging his neighbors, damaging his brother or sisters, damaging because it's like you're you're giving people 
a bar that they can never they can never reach. Yeah. Even you, you're, even the legal system himself can't even reach. Yeah. It, but you're, you're you're giving people the false assurance, like you said, Justin, and and giving people a, a bar that they cannot live up to. Yeah. Christ already gave us the bar we can't live up to, and that's why He gives us His Spirit. That's why He lifted. Yeah. The, yeah he, he, he reached the bar for us. His works. You know, when Christ sees us, I mean, when when at the end of time, you know, when we are judged, uh, God will see Christ's works, not ours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So the legalist really has no hope because what well, what God is looking for is Christ's righteousness, Christ's work on your life, and you're saying, "Here, God, I have my works." Like, oh man, it's gonna suck. And that's what makes uh, the legalist the. Uh, that's kind of, kind of a hell of a drug. A hell of a right drug, there. but it also makes him grow in hate. Oof. To not only towards the others, but towards himself because he's, he's he's hating going to church. He's hating getting involved in ministry. It's like again. Yeah. And he gets burnt out. And he gets burnt out. And think, yeah, dude, that's think of the older brother and the prodigal son. Yeah, exactly. Right? He he's been there serving his father, you know, doing all things and he says, "Why why have you not, you know, done this for me and my friends?" <laughs> he's like, "Bro, you've been having it." You know, I, I could fall in that same shoe. I remember when I got involved in, you know, at our previous church at in the usher ministry. I started hating on my sister because it took me months to before they even recommended me to be an usher. And then here comes my sister, you know, one month being in the church and all of a sudden now she's an usher too. <laughs> and in my own heart, I was hating on her. I was like, man, what the heck? Like, like it took me time to get to this I point. I worked to get here. Exactly. Right. But the scary thing in, in this, in this question, right, is, is, is how does it affect our neighbor, our relationship with our neighbor is that most times people with this mindset um, don't know that they're damaging their brother or sister. Yeah. That's the scary thing. In their mind, they're thinking that they're actually encouraging them. And I can say that because I've done this, right? When when I think I'm encouraging a brother or sister and saying like, you're a Christian, you shouldn't be having these type of thoughts. You shouldn't, you should be doing these things. You should be doing X, Y, and Z. I'm, you know, it affects the relationship because we're actually putting down our neighbor and giving them milestones as to what a Christian is instead of sitting down, listening to the aching, the struggles of their heart and actually encouraging them by Christ and his finished work, which is the gospel, right? Instead of encouraging them in that way, we then tend to encourage them by, let me pray for you, that instead of you thinking this way, that you think this way instead. Instead of actually attacking them at the core, not attacking them, sorry, but instead of tending to them or, or, or giving them a, so I guess in medical terms, right? And giving them a prescription, you're just giving them a, a, a standard path that every, you know, for every person, every person must do this, 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 this. And, but every person is different. Every person is struggling different. Every person is going through their own things. Um, yeah. So, so if anything, we're doing more damage to our brother than sisters because we're, we're giving them the wrong antidote to their problem. We're giving them the wrong prescription um, to what it is that will actually help them. Yeah. Yeah, man. And how about our relationship with ourselves? Like, how how does the legalist see themselves? I would say in in two ways. That it could it could be they could see you could be prideful, or you could be 
uh, fearful. You'll be proud. Be like, look at me. Look what I'm doing. Or be fearful. Be like, man, I'm not doing enough. You know, you're, you're focusing like on on what you do, and your 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 joy is dependent on that, and not on Christ. Your joy is dependent. Well, I did a lot for the Lord today, and you know, you can feel good about yourself, and not not be fearful. Or like I did super good today. Like you know, praise me. You know, I think it could cause a Christian to hate themselves. Yeah, because only I know my own heart other than god right i know the internal workings of my mind my thoughts i know all these things while i'm doing these good works so it could cause a christian to hate themselves you know in regards to their own relationship with their own self because they know that they're doing these good works outwardly but on the inside they're they're tearing themselves up because they know that their heart is is off they know something's wrong and it could cause them to hate themselves because then they're like they may question, and I know I've been there, where I start to question is, why am I in this? Why why do I have this running through my mind? Why are these things happening? I should be a Christian. This shouldn't be happening to me. And and, and I guess that could be an effect of the of the previous question too, right? Of, of how, you know, we could hurt our brother and sister um, with this type of mindset, because then the believer, you know, takes us in and says, well, why am I even a Christian? I'm believing these, you know, I'm, I'm still having these type of thoughts. I'm still having, my heart is still in this condition. Um, and it causes us to hate ourselves because then we're just like, man, like, like, am I saved or am I not? Yeah. I have these good works that a Christian has, but at the same time, my heart feels differently about these, you know, I don't adore Christ as this person does or our, outwardly does. Um, yeah. I would say confusion and chaos. To add to what you're, you're what, what bo- both of you are saying, confusion and chaos in the mix. Because as you're having these questions, you're not only getting mad at yourself, but you're, now you're being confused. Like, what am I actually doing? Mm-hmm. Or am like, I doing enough? Am I doing enough? Um, and then instead of having the the peace of of, of, of God in you, you start going going a, a little bit kind of loony because it's like, wait a minute, I'm not doing enough. And what am I really doing? And and be, because I'm, I'm stuck in this in this uh, legalistic mindset, you're you're doubting. You're it's like you realize you you can't obtain or uphold your salvation. So it's kind of like, am I doing enough? Like like yeah. you were saying, am I doing enough? And then you come to realize like I can't do enough. So what do you do? You go kind of crazy. Like I'm not doing enough. I have to keep keep doing keep yeah. doing keep doing work work work. So instead of the peace of Christ, we end up with the peace of works, which is as long as I do good, I'll have peace because this is what I believe will help me in my salvation. Yeah. And that's why it's so subtle because you don't even recognize that all this is going down. But let's switch it up a little bit and let's talk about Christian liberty. Yeah. The the gospel. Okay. How does I got the, the wrong questions there. Because the gospel, it's kind of it's it's how does the gospel free us from this legalistic mindset? How mm, does the gospel? Okay. How, how when we truly hear the gospel, or, or 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 you know when the spirit of God just enlightens us and opens up our, our eyes, mm-hmm. like how does this? I mean, let me yeah. let me talk a little bit from my experience because me personally, uh, you, you know, I was involved in the leadership in my previous church. I was involved in pa- pastoral. Um, 
and I came to I came to all these all these uh, conclusions, hating myself, doubting salvation, putting in work where other people were, 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 were going like, oh, this guy's the example or whatever. I'm just like inside. I was like, I'm dying on the inside because I feel like if I have to obtain, I feel like if I have to uphold, yeah. I feel like if I can't come to anybody, because if anybody finds out that I'm sitting in this this certain part of my life that that, you know, uh, it, it's also a pride thing. Yeah. Because you feel like if you're up there and you can't come down, yep. you're, you're basically setting the bar and then other people have to follow. It, that's what I'm talking about, confusion and chaos, because you're going crazy. But something that re- when, I, when I really like, man, this is going to sound weird. This is going to sound really weird when, when I say this, but I was reading Galatians coming, coming back from... Um, from one of our camping trips and I was just like oh man you know I'm feeling good coming back off this mountain and oh man I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm so feel so pumped up but then when I come down I'm like dang I'm not perfect like I've sinned you know like how how could I was at this camping trip having a good time coming down the mountain I felt like if my, my mind wasn't focused on Christ I'm like dang I sinned I'm, I feel back down but then I was reading Galatians and just reading, it, it was at this time where I was getting more into Reformed theology and all that. And I was reading Galatians and, and and just reading about how you can't uphold the law. That Christ, the law was just a tutor to lead you to Christ. And I was read as I was reading this and and and, and meditating on the scriptures. And then you know the five solas just like spirit enlightened me upon those doctrines like. Dang, saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, uh, through the word of God alone, for the glory of God alone. I, I, it's like the emphasis wasn't on me. Yeah. The emphasis was Christ did the work for you. Yeah. That I don't have to uphold this discerned image. I don't have to be perfect because that's the whole point of why Jesus came. To show you that you are not perfect. The law was meant to show you that you are not perfect. You can't do it. It's like how you, you were saying earlier. Jesus said straight out, apart from me, you can't do nothing. And so I remember just reading reading this, this scripture and I felt so liberated, like a burden was taking off of me. And and then I was I was I was um I was he- he- hearing this song. I feel so in shape now. I was bumping the hill song, songs, <laughs> but God used that. That's I forgot what it's called because I don't listen to hill song anymore. But I forgot what it was called. But it was it was talking about about grace. It was talking about you know faith alone, grace alone. I was meditating. I was like, dang, I'm I don't have to live up to this perfection. I don't have to maintain this because Christ already put in the work. And I don't know why, it, 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 just at that moment, it just came alive in me, like, dang. Like, I don't have to be stuck in this whole legalistic thing. Like, I, Christ did it for, for me. Yeah. And that's, that, that's what the proclamation of the gospel is. It's a proclamation of his life, death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. Like, he lived for us. Like it was on our behalf. That's that's what the purpose of him keeping the law. Not only the law, but to fulfill the offices of prophet, priest, and king. Like those are all offices that 
None, none of them Nobody could uphold it And like He did and it sacrifice. all Sacrifice Sacrifice all, all that stuff He did it on our behalf So he literally like He was perfect For For, for me He was perfect Because I'm not perfect So The gospel liberates us Because it shifts The focus On Instead of self It shifts the focus on Christ And the more that he is lifted up And the more that he is exalted You will see him for the For the for the glorious savior that he is and how he is so wonderful in saving a wretched sinner like me. So the more you Christ is lifted up, the more you fall in love with him and the more it becomes a relationship and the more it becomes a passion to serve him instead of being serving him to be righteous, you're serving him because you love him. And that makes all the difference. Like you love him and and you've understood the gospel and you you know what it means to, to, to be in him in Christ. And so your your obedience is, is dependent on on his righteousness and not your own. It's not because I have to, it's more of a since he died for me and since I love him, I want to do this. So it becomes a passion rather than a burden. That's how the gospel really liberates us. It shifts the attitude. It shifts the mindset. It shifts the heart to a uh, to, to passionate servanthood instead of uh, uh, like I have to do this. Yeah, our mindset goes from slave to sonship. That's that's what I was trying to say. And our thinking is uh, before is as we're talking about faith is trying hard to do good works and um, to be better. To make our own righteousness so God and others can accept us. And then it goes into, well, faith is a discipline of remembering and living every moment as an accepted child of God. Uh, even then, another one is being controlled by people. Expectations and opinions of others become the real moral standard. Uh, we are controlled by what people think. And it shifts um, into now integrity and courage is easier. The only person whose opinion counts is my father's. Who cares what the rest think? Uh, your adopted sons no longer living to to gain the love of the father, but we are living from the love of the father, yeah. which is totally different. Um, you know, I could I could think to my son right now as. You know, he knows and understands that we love him. And when he does mess up and sin against us, we come to him in grace and and in, a, in this mode of helping him. When, when, when we as parents see our children and when they, you know, get in trouble, we should always seek to better them, to encourage, you know, just as any other believer, we should seek um, to edify them in their wrongdoing. Um, and sometimes we get that I know I have gotten a little twisted Well you sinned against me You know what this is going to happen to you But we treat them less graciously Than we would a, a, um, a non-believer Or a believer who sinned yeah. um, But yeah so so with, with that The gospel truly frees us in that um, Well you know when we talk about the true gospel right <laughs> yeah. but, but it frees us That you know what Even if I slip up my father still loves me regardless. He will not forsake me 
will not leave me. I am his adopted child and he will not unadopt me. He will not throw me out of the palace, you know, quote unquote. But, but instead he will build me up. He has given me this great deposit, the Holy Spirit that lives in me now to work in me, to clean me of all unrighteousness. You know, and that's the great deposit. That is our securing Christ. Um, in episode in season two, when we talk about uh, election and things like that, that is our assurance as the believer. We are assured because these things that happen in us and the workings that are done in us. Um, but if you want to go listen, go ahead and listen to those. But you know what? The gospel does free us in that. It, it changes our, our fearful heart to a um, forgiven and, and, and a heart of gratitude. We do things out of gratitude and for his glory. We no longer are the center of God's universe, but instead we correctly put back the image that God is at the center of his universe. And we are a part of it. Yeah. Not that we are at the center, but we are a part of the universe that he has created. God is ultimately is his glory. He is always uplifting himself. We are no longer, you know, and, and, and I've seen this growing up too, where there's a child where their parents, you know, place so much emphasis on the child of being this this perfect person, this yeah. perfect thing. And, and they're afraid to do wrong because then they will upset their parents. Yeah, and dude. that's the mindset that most Christians have is we're afraid to upset our God. We're afraid that we may stain his name amongst other people. And so we end up, you know, they may go into rebellion or whatever it may be. But instead, it was like, no, like our father loves us. He knows I will mess up. And that's why he has given us an advocate, Jesus Christ, though righteous, mm-hmm. because we aren't righteous. Yep. And he will intercede for us. That is beautiful. Yeah, just uh, the gospel changes the way. I mean, we talked about how legalism and our mindset with God and the neighbor and, and self, but the gospel changes us in, in that way. We look to God as a father. And instead of running to the world, we know we can run to the throne of grace with confidence. Once you understand, you truly understand grace. You truly understand the gospel. You truly understand that Jesus is not only our, our, our elder brother, but he's also our high priest and he's interceding on our behalf of, of, of us to the Father. You start acknowledging that I can come to to Christ because he is able to sympathize with my weaknesses so that when I'm going through something I, I can pray knowing that God is able to hear me knowing that he will not um, he, he, he will not uh, uh, abandon me and that the word of God says come to me like how you put it earlier that you know come to me and I will not cast anybody away and so that that frees us to come to God that frees us to come to our brothers and sisters and like hey accountability purposes like hey bro like I need you to keep me accountable in this part I got, I got uh let me confess something to you because you know I, I've sinned earlier this week or, or it, it, it makes me more open to to your brothers and to, to keep you accountable and 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 you don't you don't start looking to yourself self-worth or self-whatever but you look your emphasis is not on self anymore but your emphasis is on christ now i mean even the word of god says cursed is the one who puts his his trust in the flesh but blessed is the one who puts his his, uh his who puts his trust in the lord because the lord is our righteousness the lord is everything to us and so it just opens up a door to 
to live more live more for Christ, to live in a joyful way and to and to be set free from everything. Amen. Don't count calories, count blessings. <laughs> Just <laughs> <laughs> So, how free is free then? When we say we've been set free? Yeah, when we say we're we're set free, we we understand that right as Christian liberty. We are free in Christ. Um, and that's usually in regards to, you know what, the things that are not explicitly forbidden in Scripture, we are free to do to the glory of God. But if it causes another person to stumble or um, swerve in their faith or causes or offends another Christian, then we are to hold back on that. Yeah. Um, so there, there's uh, different kinds of freedom, right? So yeah. we're free from... From the bondage of the condemnation of the law, right? Or that that that's the type of freedom where we're not judged based upon you know the Mosaic covenant or anything like that. Like we've been set free from that, so we don't have to uphold all these other laws because the dietary laws, the the um, what is it, the the seasons or whatever, the, the festivals, things like that. Yeah, I think Paul mentions that in Galatians mm-hmm. four. Yeah, where, so, he, where he goes on to say that I guess in one translation it goes on to say that the law has been abolished mm-hmm. but more so referring to the dietary yeah. and the sacrificial mosaic those, laws exactly those ones have been you know done yeah. with but Christ, yeah, Christ says that if you love me you will keep my commandments I mean, yeah. meaning the moral law and of course we're, we're going to keep that and so that comes naturally so that's that kind of type of freedom that we are free from the bondage of the law but also when we talk about Christian liberty uh, real quick let, let's define what Christian liberty is real quick yeah I mean it's basically what, what I mentioned before is that we are free to engage in activities that don't cause other brothers or sisters to stumble or to be offended um, and to engage in you know in respect to to um, we're able to do and live out certain things that aren't expected explicitly forbidden in scripture examples of that is you know drinking alcohol um so we, we talked about this in like the fourth yeah. episode of season one is it a sin yeah and so we did is it a sin <laughs> series in our first season <laughs> we're hey, talking hey, about hey. this you, you can tell the growth from back then yeah and, and this is now, this is know? why i purposely say in every episode grow as we grow <laughs> because we are all growing yeah in our theology and our understanding right yeah so our, our views have changed <laughs> since then you know what i mean so we, let's just say it straight out like that we reform with a capital r now <laughs> we're capital <laughs> reform now you know what i mean we're not you know like the reformed baptist you know what i mean Shout out to all my Reformed Baptist homies out there. Love y'all. Love y'all. But, but yeah, so in, in regards to alcohol, like, is a Christian free yeah. to, to take a sip of, of some whiskey? Hey, you know what? That's what we do, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, you know, having a cigar. Um, yeah. Even when it comes down to some movies mm-hmm. that we watch, music we listen to. Yeah. Um, though it's not explicit in scripture, right? Explicitly some, forbidden. Exactly. So yeah. some of those things we have to use wisdom as well, right? Yeah. Um, even with all these things that you know that that we are able to do, that we are free in Christ to do, there's wisdom yeah. that follows that, though. Be, be, yeah, yes. Uh, before we get into that, the legalist mindset will be like, oh, this person he listens to secular music. What? He's a Christian. He smokes. 
he drinks oh he drinks alcohol oh heck no that's that's oh, strictly forbidden or they, he, they the, triggered right now yeah they triggered or, or watching he watch scary movie watch horror movies what they eso got tattoos they got tattoos eso del diablo demonios eso you know what I mean and so the these are the this is the emphasis of the legalist is if you don't do these things then you're holy so it's 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 based on the things that you watch the things that you do right so like the legalist is not going to be like oh man i don't watch those kind of movies i don't listen to that kind of music or you know i don't i don't take a sip of alcohol oh no i am that's that's not me but these things aren't explicitly forbidden in scripture so there's no basis to to hold these things up as moral law so the you know we said this in the, in the in the is it a sin episode like we made the example of Charles Spurgeon you know what I mean he said that I'm not I'm not, I'm not trying to add an 11th commandment I got enough to deal with you know I'm not trying to add another one I'm going to smoke a cigar to the glory of God before I go to bed tonight you know and this is Charles Spurgeon the prince of preachers and he he was he he was he was puffing on some smoke you know what I mean and then we made the example in that episode about you know uh, another man who was burdened uh, with his cigar smoking and he came to the altar and put his cigars down because they had him in chains so as you were saying there is wisdom behind reframing from some of these activities but i would say it's a personal conviction issue not an explicit issue that you must not smoke a cigar or you must not take a sip of alcohol or you must not watch this movie or listen to this kind of music because it's not explicitly forbidden in scripture but there is wisdom and reframing from some of these activities if it is causing your brother or sister to stumble or you yourself are stumbling over these things now yeah here's what i was going to say that just because we're free in christ doesn't not give you the freedom to sin uh you know it's not a license to sin our freedom in christ and so I mean, when you hear the, these things, all Christians smoking a cigar, Christians uh, uh, drinking some whiskey. Uh, first off, no, it's not a sin. Just saying it out there. And I agree with you guys that if it causes someone to stumble, maybe you shouldn't do it in front of them or be posting stuff. But I do got to say this, though. If drinking whiskey, if you you can't handle it and and if your, uh, your character starts to be... Uh, if your character if your character starts to be compromised when you drink and then I, I i tell the brother like hey dude maybe you shouldn't be drinking not even a sip because if it compromises yeah. your character it's like maybe you shouldn't be doing that but i mean like you said it's a personal conviction but i, I, I mean I, I would encourage the the brother who has no self-control when it comes to drinking don't don't because you, you are to have self-control because you are to have self-control yeah. and if you don't have self-control when you're drinking then it's better not to pick it up yeah if if if, if you cannot have a gathering without having any alcohol and then something needs to be questioned in your understanding of freedom i guess yeah or 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 not questioned but maybe maybe there needs to be more working in that self-control area and you should be you should be cool with with not like having alcohol yeah like that should be totally fine you know what i mean like like, okay that's cool or uh, you know that a certain you know brother sister doesn't like that or doesn't do that and they stumble when they you doing that i'll be like oh no problem i don't i don't have to you know i don't do it in front of you that's that's the thing (laughs) uh yeah in first corinthians chapter 10 verses 23 to 33 um all goes on to talk about it. it says all things are lawful but not all things are helpful 
All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. Eat whatever is sold in the meat market without raising any question on the ground of conscience. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. If one of the unbelievers invites you to dinner and you are disposed to go, eat whatever is set before you without raising any question on the ground of conscience. But if someone says to you, this has been offered in sacrifice, then do not eat it for the sake of the one who informed you and for the sake of conscience. I do not mean your conscience, but his. For why should my liberty be determined by someone else's conscience? If I partake with thankfulness, why am I denounced because of that for which I give thanks? So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give no offense to Jews or to Greeks or to the church of God. Just as I try to please everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage, but that of many, that they may be saved. Um, and, and you know that goes into another issue as well as far as pressing our pressing our conscience on another person. Yeah. Um, but but like as the, as scripture says, you know, in the context, it's talking about meat sacrificed to idols and eating it. But this but is the application. A, yes, the application, the framework that Paul lays out is very crucial for our liberty right so as we're talking about alcohol um cigars music we listen to things like that if i am fellowshipping with a brother who is recovering from from being an alcoholic wisdom will tell me i will not drink next to this brother Mm -hmm. right because this is something that will cause him to stumble because of his conscience, I will not partake in that. Though I have liberty to do so, I will not for the sake of him and his conscience. And the other token as well is that if I see it a sin or, or, or um, yeah, if I, if I see it in that way as far as like um, certain music, if I say if you're listening to explicit rap, things like that, you're in sin or whatever it may be but if i'm pressing that to my brother who's listening to that now there's a difference right and someone who's struggling in these areas and someone who's just you know pressing it as you know as we talked about that type of legalist mindset if i'm pressing it to my brother i should not be pressing my my conscience onto another person um and in in a way making them feel bad um and and i guess this is where the middle ground is always the gospel what is the essential part of the gospel uh, where do we hold and what is our conscience? What, what do we believe about these takes? And I think Paul fleshes that out even more or before chapter 10 and chapter 8, where he goes on to talk about that as far as um, things we do in front of each other um, in regards to meat. Yeah. But for us as believers, this is where a lot of discernment comes in. Um, and I wouldn't recommend for the new believer to really you know, push forward liberty until they fully understand and get a grasp on the gospel and, and, and have grown and, and are seasoned more in these things as far as, um, what they believe and their conscience. Yep. And I think this is, this is where the gospel affects also in saying, don't be ashamed if it affects you in the wrong way. Don't be afraid to speak up. I, I, I like, I like in our struggle sometimes, when there's a new brother or something, we, we ask first, like, hey, is it going to make you fall if we smoke a cigar or, or if we have 
if we have whiskey, like we ask each other, like, yeah. hey, is this gonna make you stumble or not? And uh, you know, if you're hearing this, and it, if it does make you stumble, if you're around that crowd, don't be afraid to speak up. Yeah, Us like, as brothers yeah. uh, should be able to to be mature and be like, oh, okay, this let's not do it in front of him. Yeah, let's not let's not let's not do it. Yeah, and that and that shouldn't that shouldn't cause you to like clown on him or or look down and be like, I don't want to kick it with that dude because he, he's gonna. He, I can't smoke a cigar around him. Like, if that's being your attitude, then you do need to check yourself. Because, like, uh, that's not the basis of our brotherhood or of our relationship. Mm. Not if what I can do in front of you is like, I don't need to do this. And you're more important than me smoking a cigar. Exactly. You know? My love for you is higher than <laughs> my, my love for a cigar. My love for a cigar. <laughs> <laughs> I'll finish the sentence for you. <laughs> 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 that's on the real that's on the real but but i think to continue right to sum this up even more is when when we move forward from legalism or this legalistic mindset we see really just freedom um from bondage we freedom. see freedom from these um i, I don't know we call it these do's and don'ts these um these he's, things that we walking make up. on eggshells yeah, we're no longer walking on eggshells, but we're able to move freely and uh, really just live in peace and joy to the Lord. Yeah. Um, this is how we could see, even in the scriptures, Jesus' first miracle was turning water to wine. Uh, and for, for people who say that alcohol is a sin, drinking alcohol, well, dang, Jesus caused many people to stumble at a wedding. Yeah, because they were already drunk. They were already drunk, and yeah. he made even more wine for them to drink. Better wine, stronger wine. Exactly. Uh, but you can see that there's a context, and there's ways where we can enjoy freedoms in Christ without the worry of sin, without yeah. the worry of um, being condemned. Being condemned, exactly. Yeah. And I think that's, that makes all the difference. And that's why this conversation is so important, because it shifts the, the mind from self to Christ. And because Christ is enough and we are in Christ, then we are accepted and we are received. And once we, that happens, then there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And then it goes back to that Romans 8, right? Mm-hmm. Beautiful chapter where now there's no condemnation. There's nothing, nothing that comes against us or anything that we may um, yeah. do. Who can bring a charge against God's elect? Nothing. Yeah, I think... Um I remember one of those one of those days when we were all together in a boat, Duffy boats, uh, with Red and Rudy around. Uh, he he asked he asked all of us because we were still, you know, we where we had some time in RCLA. Shout out to Reformed Church of Los Angeles, uh, uh, Linwood. Um, he asked us how what has changed in these in these past months that you have been with us. And he came to me and I just said, Liberty in Christ. Like, I don't have to have this legalistic mindset or I don't have to uphold this certain thing, but I am free in Christ. Does not mean that I am sinning or anything or I or indulge in sin, but it's like I'm free from that mindset. I'm free. The gospel set me free from the legal legalistic mindset. Yep. Yeah, so I, I think this conversation has been, you know, it's a, it's a necessary one, you know, especially, you know, the people that you know, know us and the people who 
you know listen that's it's important to think about and it's, and it's important to to um really take the heart what the curse the christian's position is in christ to know to understand who you are in christ to know what christ has done for you and how we how are we supposed to walk this walk in him knowing that you're not by yourself you know you have you have the lord God, the Holy Spirit working in you, you have him and you have uh, the body of believers, which I think is a gift. The church truly is a gift from God to the believer. Episode like, coming soon on the church. Dude, like church is so important. It's not just a, a, a service that you go to every Sunday. It shouldn't be, at least. Yeah, the church is so much more, <laughs> dude. Like the church is very necessary in the believer's life to keep moving forward and to be lifted up and to be uh, to, to, to continue to walk this Christian walk because it's not easy it really isn't and you can, you need your brothers and sisters to push you in those moments where you yourself cannot go where you yourself cannot take yourself to you need the body of believers to help you to get to that point uh, but yeah alright you guys you guys ready to go have some whiskey? Oh wait, we oh, saw right. this episode. Oh, oh, come on, man! You, you didn't, you didn't put a stop record on the thing. <laughs> but this has been another episode of Reform Rasa. Legalism is a hell of a drug. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And man, I hope I hope people get the 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 title where it's coming from. Like, if y'all watch Dave Chappelle, man, you don't understand. <laughs> Rick James. Rick James. I'm not gonna finish yeah. that. Hey, yeah. I don't express brother. my freedom in Christ that much. Brother. <laughs> it's Rick James, brother. <laughs> so this no. is Reform Raza. No, but on the real though, like send us an email. Send us a, a voice DM, send us a voicemail. No, but for real, I wanna know if, for those of you who stayed uh, hearing this episode, I wanna know how if this helped, how this encouraged you. Yeah. Like we, we just want to know, hey, is, is this episode helping someone out right now? Yeah. So please uh, D, DM us. Uh, for those of you who got our personal numbers, uh, contact us. Be like, hey, that, that, was, that encouraged me and how it encouraged you. Yeah. Because uh, we do this to glorify God through, through the edification of the saints. This is Reformed Raza, and we do this to glorify God through the edification of the saints. You just said that. Yeah, I just said that. <laughs> yeah, like, but... Yeah. Grow as we grow. A rato vatos. Later. Remember, the force will be with you always.